2: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
3: Sports Radio 94 WIP. I'm Tom Kelly in for Big Daddy Graham on a Thursday morning. Uh, If you want to get in, 215-592-9494 is how you join the show. Uh, Discussing a number of topics so far tonight, uh, including Howie Roseman and some of the things he had to say from the other day. And, you know, Howie, uh, I was... I I didn't like a lot of the things that, that, that he said on Monday. Um, not going to lie, it was a lot of excuses about the pandemic and um, justifications for why the Eagles built the way they did and why they came back with another old roster and, and did some of the th- same things they've been doing. But um, do you buy what Howie's selling? Do you think he's learned from his mistakes? Uh, the one thing I'll say in Howie's favor is he has shown the ability to navigate out of a really a uh, bad situation before. He's done it. Um, the only difference is this time he caused the situation. Last time it was Chip's mess and how he came in and cleaned it up. Um, now can he clean up his own mess? Because this team, they are not a good, not in a good salary cap situation. They have not drafted well. They have an older roster that is devoid of a lot of young talent. Like, over the next few weeks, I'm sure we'll look at every position on the roster and... Um, you know, it, it's dire in certain areas. The one area where, uh, you know, we w- that may have been the biggest problem this year was offensive line. I actually think that's a spot where they're probably pretty good at. If, if, and this is a big if, if Brandon Brooks and, and Lane Johnson can come back, uh, you know, 80, 85% of their former selves, you're going to be in a good spot there. But um, clearly, Uh, A lot to do this offseason. Do you believe Howie is uh, the guy to do it? And, um, you know, if he can remain with the organization at all, if he's not the guy to do it, do you think that with people supplemented and surrounding him, uh, that this organization could get back on track or does you have to go entirely? 215-592-9494 is how you get in on that. I still got a lot of stuff uh, that we got to dive into tonight. But right now, I did want to turn it to the Sixers. As a very entertaining game on Wednesday night, they defeat the Wizards 141-136 at the Wells Fargo Center. Sixers set a record, a franchise record, for, I, I don't know if it was points in a single quarter or points in a second quarter, um, but the Sixers score 49 in the second quarter, 82 in the first half, and they edged the Wizards by five. Now, the Sixers were up 20-plus in this game. Washington fought back. Bradley Beal went for 60. I mean, it was a ridiculous effort um, from Bradley Beal as he just went nuts, but in the end... Down the stretch, he was not the best player on the floor. And this has been the story of the Philadelphia 76ers so far this year. They're 7-1, and but they are 7-0 and in games in which Joel Embiid plays. And Joel Embiid has been nothing short of spectacular this year. For years, every offseason, we hear Joel. And... We hear him talk about the importance of getting in great physical condition, in peak physical health, where he can come in, have the endurance to be an MVP caliber player. And every year we have been ultimately disappointed by the way that he has looked. Um, Where, you know, at times it looks like he's carrying around too much weight. It looks like he's not in great condition. He looks gassed at the end of games. This is a game on Wednesday night in which Joel Embiid played 37 minutes. And he was physically tired at the end of a game, but that's going to happen. But he was not worn down. And in the final five minutes, he decided, I don't care what Bradley Beal's doing. I don't care what kind of night he's having. I am the best player on the floor. And I am going to take over this game. And it's exactly what he did on both ends of the floor. Started dominating offensively. Had a huge block on Beal defensively. Um, had several huge blocks. And one one block was pretty funny. He chased down his old buddy Howell Neto. Uh, and uh, <laughs> sent Neto like, crashing to the floor. And then you could see Embiid gets up. And he couldn't wait to just run over to Neto and mock him for what had just happened. But Embiid, 38 points in this game. 8 rebounds. And... and I mean, he was dominant, and he has been uh, uh, tremendous for this team this year. Um, you look elsewhere. Seth Curry, twenty-eight points. Uh, Seth Curry, I thought would be a good fit with this team. Seth Curry's better than a good fit. Seth Curry's a really good player. Like he's more than just a guy who makes some threes. He can dribble. He can. It's amazing the Sixers have guys that can dribble now. It, it's 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 kind of disorienting to watch. Because you remember last year, the guy that uh, Seth Curry got traded for, whenever they would put the ball in Josh Richardson's hands, they'd they'd have like a five to ten minute stretch every night where they'd try Josh Richardson out running the point, and it would result in like five turnovers in five minutes, and it was just disastrous and terrible. And I thought when that trade was made that, you know, the Sixers were trading for a better fit. Like they were trading a better player – for a better fit I thought Josh Richardson is clearly a better player than Seth Curry is but Seth Curry fits better here I'm not sure that's true like uh, I watched enough of Josh Richardson last year to know he's pretty average and Seth Curry a guy on a good contract he's making eight million dollars which in the NBA is not a bad deal at all And, and I mean he's a very good player and he's been a very productive player and you couple that with Tobias Harris and what he's done and Ben Simmons had another phenomenal game on uh Wednesday night 17 points 12 assists and six rebounds and you know it was a very encouraging win because we've seen the Sixers lose this game so many times where they'd be up big they'd end up losing to an inferior team and it was like what what happened and the, it kind of reminded me a bit of the first game in the bubble last year against Indiana where TJ Warren went crazy for 50-something and the Sixers lost that game. It kind of seemed to me similar to that game, except this is a game that MB took over in the end and the Sixers lost. One. So right now, uh, before we continue discussing, I want to let you hear uh, some comments from after the game. Uh, here was Doc Rivers after the game, talking about the Sixers surrendering that big lead. I
0: well, thought we were playing a terrific game. I thought defensively, you know, they're second in league offensively. I thought we were doing terrific. And then the second unit today that they've been great for us today, they were not. And I thought it was more a mindset. I thought we came in with an offensive mindset in that, in that middle of the third and I thought it changed the game. We were fortunate to win the game. But again, we're not going to win them all pretty. Uh, we'll take a win.
3: And you can't also understate the effect that Doc Rivers has had. Like, you can tell that this is a much better prepared team. This is a much better coach team. And um, Big Daddy finally got his wish. And I think Big Daddy's being proven right that Brett Brown was not a very good NBA coach. I mean, Mike, do you, do you you really have any defenses for your boy Brett at this point? I mean, Doc's just isn't it nice to have a competent coach on well, the Brett, sidelines? Brett was a competent
1: coach. It, it's Doc's an improvement. He's a better
3: coach. Okay, all right, I'll take that. I'm sorry, I wasn't trying to wasn't trying to come after you there. I just know you're a big Brett guy. Um, where, where's Brett at, by the way? Now he moved back to back to Australia. I mean, his son still goes
1: to Lower Marion,
3: right? Oh, he does. All right, I didn't know. I, I was just so. asking.
1: I don't know. I. I
3: I don't know. Is there high school basketball? I guess if there was, we could look up. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, play. you're right. This year there might not be, which yeah. is sad. Um, but yeah, but but Doc is, has obviously had an impact and 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 done a nice job uh, so far. Um, but as I mentioned, Bradley Beal went insane in this game. 60 points. Just he was unstoppable for a large portion until the fourth quarter when the Sixers finally figured some things out. Uh, but one of the odd moves that Doc made in this game was. He didn't put Ben Simmons on Bradley Beal, which he questioned his coaching strategy there. Uh, But here was Doc on why he did not uh, put Ben on Bradley Beal.
0: After 60, we probably could have made the change. You know, we like what Ben was doing as a roamer tonight off of Westbrook, being able to run. We thought it would allow him to get a lot of rebounds and push the break. Uh, We felt strongly that we can get a lot of easy baskets. So that part of it uh, worked. Uh, The other part didn't.
3: And uh, you know that's a pretty good assessment. It really didn't work. I mean, Matisse Thiebel came in on him in the end. I, I don't know about Matisse. I, I may have been wrong about Matisse being a potential all-star. Is what I had said uh, prior to the season, not this year, but down the line. But still, I don't. I don't even know if that's going to happen. Um, but I mentioned, you know, Seth Curry has been phenomenal this season. Here's Doc on on Seth and how effective he's been uh, in the pick and roll.
0: Seth's a, per- a terrific pick and roll player. Puts the ball on the floor and makes great decisions. You know, he knows he has a cannon, so he knows people are running out at him out of control. Uh, and he can always pump fake and put it on the floor. Uh, one of our better plays is a pick and roll play with Joel and uh, Seth. So, you know, we trust him a lot with the ball.
3: And you see the effect of that, whether it's Seth Curry, whether it's Danny Green, whether it's Shake Milton, just the difference of having guys who can shoot because it does force defenders to close out more forcefully. It does force them to jump out on shooters, which is just an aspect of, of the, the Sixers offense they didn't have last year when you're surrounding them with Horford and Richardson and some of these other, uh, other guys that are out there. But in the end, it did all come down to Joel Embiid. And here was Doc on Joel and his performance down
0: the stretch. We have a go-to guy down the stretch, and what I like about what Joel was doing, obviously tonight it was scoring, right? But a lot of times it's with his pass. Watching him pick teams apart offensively with his passing and his scoring has been fantastic for us.
3: And, you know, he, he, he has become a better passer, and uh, going into the offseason, it's the one thing I said that I thought Joel Embiid needed to get better at, is passing out of double teams, not turning the ball over. Uh, he did have a turnover down the stretch, but he's done a better job. Here is uh, Joel on, you know, handling the turnover situation.
4: too many turnovers tonight. Uh, I got to do a better job, especially with that last one, uh, uh, with the pass I tried to make uh, to Tobias. Uh, end of game, uh, fourth quarter. I got to do a better job. Uh, I had way too many turnovers tonight.
3: And, you know, he, he, I'm glad he's being... Self-critical, five turnovers, but in general, Joel Embiid has done a better job. He'll need to improve, obviously, but in general so far this year, he has done a better job. Here is Joel uh, Embiid talking about uh, how he, this year, is feeding off of his teammates
4: uh, more. And the spacing definitely helped me, uh, you know, uh, especially with the way every team has been guarding me all season. Uh, you know, constant, uh, double, triple teams, you uh, uh, that make the game easier for me, especially when they're knocking down shots.
3: And it really does. You know, and that's, again, it's the difference of roster construction where he gets double and triple team. Not not much is changing in the way he's being defended, but he's just getting it to guys who can make shots. And ultimately, if they're going to have to respect that, that's going to make his life a lot easier uh, as we go forward here. Here's one more from Joel Embiid uh, on the mindset, even though Bradley Beal was having such a big game.
4: Especially with the uh, performance uh, Brad had, uh, we had to fight through it. Uh, that made a run, and uh, in the fourth quarter, we did a better job of uh, containing him.
3: Now, you look at where the Sixers are, and 7-1, and one, it's still very early. But, you know, I, I want to know, and I'm curious where people are on this. Is this team good enough to compete for a title as currently constituted? Because you look at the East, the East is, as far as I see it, pretty wide open. Like, I don't see a, a dominant team. If you want to look at Milwaukee, I mean, maybe. Um, I don't know. I, I Like, I still don't know about their depth once you get to the playoffs. I still don't know about Giannis being your primary scorer. You know, you, Giannis is very similar to Ben Simmons, and we've seen what happens to Ben in the playoffs. And the difference between Giannis and Ben right now is Giannis is Milwaukee's primary scorer. Giannis is Milwaukee's primary offensive player. Well, the Sixers don't necessarily need that out of Ben Simmons. They have Joel Embiid. They have a different go-to guy to make Ben Simmons' job uh, a lot easier. here. And if you want to get in, 215-592-9494 is how you join the show. But, you know... When you look at this conference, it is wide open. And I don't think there is a dominant team out there right now. Boston has struggled a little bit. Miami has struggled. Um, uh, Brooklyn obviously has things that they need to work out despite having uh, two players at the top like Kyrie and Kevin Durant. But it kind of leads you to revisit the James Harden thing. And whether or not this is something that needs to be done. And, you know, my preference from the beginning in regards to James Harden has been no. Like, I would prefer not to do it if you don't have to do it. Now, if it gets to a point where you don't think this team can compete for a title this year, then yeah, you got to pull the trigger because it's all about now. It's not about building for the future. It's not about preserving your core for future years. It is about doing everything you can possibly do to win the NBA championship right now because this is Joel Embiid's window. Joel Embiid's window is the next three years. It's the length of his contract in Philadelphia and with his injury history, with the way his body is, you don't know how long he is going to be able to be around. So... This is the championship window for this team in the next three years. And I want to throw out there, where are you on the Harden thing right now? Because this is something we'll periodically check back in on. And after a game like this, and after a stretch like this, where the Sixers look so impressive... You know, I'm sure this is something that Daryl Morey is weighing daily as well, as whether this is something that needs to be done, because it is a drastic step. It would change the face of this team in a major way. Um, I'm excited to watch tonight. Tonight is a big test. You're coming on the second end of a back-to-back, the back end of a back-to-back. You go to Brooklyn to play Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, Big national TV game, a lot of eyes on it. I'm going to be interested to see how the Sixers respond tonight. And, you know, this whole thing is why I said to wait and see, is with James Harden, the Sixers have all the leverage. All the leverage. They are in a situation where, in my mind, Houston doesn't really have any other good options. They don't. They don't have any other option that is going to get them an asset in return that the Sixers can offer. The Sixers have the trump card. Uh, no no pun intended there. They have the card that can knock out all the rest. And that is Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons is the best player. He's the best asset that Houston can get back in any James Harden deal. And if you want to get in two one five five nine two nine four nine four. Is how you join the show. Open lines right now. Uh, You'll be next up. But should the Sixers do this deal? Should they uh, eventually do it? Or can you make moves around Embiid and Simmons? Because it's not necessarily, as I see it, one or the other. Because you can make moves around Embiid and Simmons, which I'm sure Daryl Morey will do. Like... This is not going to just be the team. Daryl Morey is going to do things to improve this team. He is going to do things to make this team better. As this season goes on, would you trade Ben Simmons for James Harden? Or at this point, do you think you can kind of make moves around the periphery? I mean, I I just... Ask Mike Mike before the show. I I don't think this is possible. But I'm like, you think we can, you know, just flip Tobias and like three first round picks to Washington and get Brad Beal, uh, and then you put Beal with Simmons in and Embiid. You're laughing me off, Mike. Do you think there's anything, any way that could happen? You think you can throw Matisse in there, Matisse Harris, three firsts, Matisse Westbrook and Harris. Here they come, the Wizards. <laughs> I mean, you know, some assets. Uh, Beal's going to walk in a couple years anyway, right? Like three, right? Yeah, three I mean, years. Am I being? You don't think there's any chance they take us up on that?
1: No, it sounds like the, I mean, the hey, typical you, junk trade. You have
3: four years to buy Harris. I mean, he's playing well. He's averaging what, twenty two and night? I mean, that's that's not bad. Yeah, I mean, the more the time passes on, the closer it gets to
1: three and a half years. So
3: yeah, yeah. I <laughs> I mean, I do think Tobias is, will get easier to move as his contract you know, gets deeper into it because expiring contracts are valuable, but (laughs) not with four years left. Um, But, uh, but, but I want to know where you're at with the Harden thing right now. Would you do the Simmons for Harden thing uh, right now? Or do you want to wait it out a little more? I want to wait it out a little more. Um, I've been going back and forth on this, but at this point, I think waiting it out a little bit longer, seeing what you have here and whether you could make moves around the periphery around Simmons and Embiid, whether that's enough. Um, because, you know, I don't want to give a guy like Ben Simmons up if I don't have to, if he can compete for a title. And I think this team, um, they're they're there's still a long way to go, and obviously they, they have played subpar competition, uh, but I feel much more confident than I did before that this team could compete for a title because of the way Joel Embiid is playing. He is playing at an MVP caliber level right now. And if this is who he's going to be, This team has a chance to beat anybody in a seven-game series. 215-592-9494. If you want to get in, 215-592-9494 is how you join the show. If you want to get on that, you want to get on any of the Eagles stuff, you're welcome to. I see Booker's there. We'll talk to Booker. And also, when we get back, I need to get to this Jerry Jones sound. Oh, and I forgot to throw out my side topic. I'll do that in the next segment, too. But, um... Jerry Jones bragged about something this week that I don't know how you could be any more tone deaf uh than than he was in what he bragged about. We'll get to that coming up next. 215-592-9494. I'm Tom Kelly, Sports Radio 94WYP. Sports Radio 94 WIP. I'm Tom Kelly in for Big Daddy Graham. You can find me on Twitter.com at Kelly 44 Is that what you're talking about, Mike? Uh, you, you don't like the Twitter.com uh, kind of thing there? I was right. What, what's that? What's that? You got it right. Oh, you, I, I thought you said I was right. I'm like, you were right about what? What were you right about? No, you did it right. Okay, thank you. Part. Thank it's a talk show. This in the Twitter show. Appreciate it. Um, yeah, that, that, thank you for playing Jobs. Man, I, I'm a, only a couple days away from having a fresh, crisp $5 five dollar bill in my pocket, courtesy of Paul Javitz. Very excited to collect my winnings on my Anthony Lynn bet. You should put that on like some crazy uh, future, some playoff future. Yeah, may, maybe. I love the NBA same-game parlays. I have a system. I've been winning, winning on these, you know, some some modest wagers. But you know, I pick a couple different things. Um, I do my research, and I've been things have been go, going well for me. Uh, so uh, that that's been uh, my my uh, my choice of of, of wagering lately. That's uh, fun those parlays, and it gives you a reason to watch these games. It gives you something to look for. Um, so. Uh, yeah. Well, Do you yeah, have something I mean, to add there? I mean, yeah. I
1: guess they don't really measure up to Ace Mariners in terms of excitement,
3: right? No, but I was, you know, I, I was watching a little Blazers Bulls on Tuesday night. G- good game.
1: Oh yeah. Um, who who looked like they played well? Zach uh, exactly. Levine. Levine hit a great. He die. had a big yeah. three
3: at the end to, to ice that one out. Yeah, has it uh, on here. I'll tell you who is looking pretty bad, though, right now in Portland. Your boy, Rocco, he was firing brick after brick out there. I don't think he's... Yeah. I, I've, I was doing my research. I don't think he's broken double digits in one game yet. I mean, he held the Curry to 62. Yeah, he's a, he's such a bum, man. And, and <laughs> stop, stop. He's he, not a bum. Well, I... Well, uh, Michael Bridges is better than he is. Like we, uh, undoubtedly. Why are you comparing him to Michael Bridges? Because they're similar style. Michael players. Bridges was a lottery pick. He'd yeah. be better. Well, uh, I mean that's what I I heard Rocco was like this diamond in the rough for years. For years. Robert yeah. Covington is. Oh, how could we trade Rocco? Yeah, again, that's that's different than being a lottery pick. Yeah, like, whatever. <laughs> just just stop defending him, Mike. I know you love Rocco. The, you the, love, like just, they don't overlap at all. Bridges. Yeah, and but, it, but, but, but I mean, Rocco was traded for what? Three first round picks last offseason? He's Two. supposed to be a very good player too, but it's not nice say
1: added value to him.
3: Yeah, well, I mean, uh, shouldn't he be a, isn't that like the value of a lottery pick essentially? Two first rounders? Is that what the board says? I don't know. I mean, I, I'd have to look it up. The chart. Howie could probably educate me on the chart. Um, I'm sure Howie will give us a lot of chart talk when he makes a bad tra- when he makes a trade. People don't like he trades down from six, um, and, the, and the Eagles miss out on Devontae Smith and Jamar Chase and Patrick Sertan. He trades from six to ten, and he's talking about well, the chart says that that's the equivalent to to this amount of picks, and I'm sure everybody will respond to that very well. Um, but uh, I, I do want more th-
1: picks to draft more quarterbacks
3: yeah um we'll we'll get the booker in a second here mike and i for the rest of the show will um preview uh, each one of the playoff games uh instead of just doing a recap at the end we'll do a little bit each segment we'll do that after we talk to booker but i did want to throw a side topic out there real quick what is the worst uniform you've ever seen because mike have you seen these miami heat jerseys yeah oh my god they're terrible it's just that combined with the court the court is like in the same kind of... It's like a weird tie-dye. Yeah, the paint is... It's like, terrible. Like the paint inside the lane is yeah. tie-dye. Yeah. It's very disorienting. I was just watching the highlights, and I don't think I could watch a full game
1: like that. You didn't watch it live because you didn't bet on it.
3: No, I didn't watch it live because I was, I'm watching the Sixers. Sixers were on at the same time. I'm not that kind. Of, I'm not like... Uh, some of us have I need to have... have you, flip um, the, you flip the TV. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Yeah, Mike, there was kind of some, you know, big-time stuff going on in the country today that I was also keeping track of during the uh, Sixers timeout.
1: <laughs> I, I didn't watch the Heat came either. I just wanted to
3: give you our time. Okay. All right. Well, yeah, so if you want to throw out your worst jerseys ever, because these are the worst uniforms I've ever seen in my life, like by far. So we'll, we'll throw that in the mix as well. 215-592-9494. Let's go to Booker. What's up, Booker?
5: Hey man, how you doing, brother Kelly? See I'm all right. Time. And listen, I want to say one thing, and and give me a couple minutes. This is my ode to tonight. I love the fact. Are, are you in control of the music, or is it Mike? Because I love Insane Clown Posse, Insane in the Membrane. Is
3: that <laughs> that is that is my, that is me, Booker? I am in charge. That was you, dog. That yeah, was, I'm, I'm in charge I,
5: of the music here. I said you, dog. I hope everybody hears me. I said you, dog. go, my man. Thank you, and because tonight has been insane in the membrane.
3: I'm a big music guy. Everybody at WIP. Knows it, it, that. Well,
5: we can talk about that a little bit later. And I, I, I want to say one other thing, and then I'm going to get to my sixth point. Did, did I hear Mike saying that was a pain in the lane? He was talking about he was talking about the uh, the uniforms for the Miami Heat. He, he said a pain in the la- Mike. Well, the the you- paint,
3: the paint in the lane. Oh,
5: paint. Yeah. Okay, my bad. Yeah. Now. Let me get to something, a couple other things. You, you didn't like Seth, uh, uh, Steph, Steph. Seth. Yeah, no, no, Seth. You didn't like Seth early. You thought he was, you thought he was messed up. You thought he was, uh, he was a bum.
3: I don't put words in my mouth here, Booker. I never said that. <laughs> I never said that at all. I said, I, I thought he was a, a three-point specialist, but I'm realizing um, that that he, can do more than that. He, he can create his yeah. own shot. He can yes. he can create off the dribble. He's a good passer. Um, yeah. and he does a lot of things well offensively.
5: Yeah, yeah, yes. Now, now, here's the, but here's the deal. I think that one. It, 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 are we still connected? Yes. You're there. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Here, here's the deal. I think that what this is early. Uh, and B has taken to task getting himself together, but this is early. I think the Sixers are waiting. We still can use – now you see how it will work. We still can use Harden. We still can use him for yeah. an inside-outside game. Yes, Anybody can, can use Harden, yes. Well, well, I'm talking about us. I ain't I'm, Like the Eagles and the New York – I'm not worried about everybody. I'm talking, no, about, I'm talking we can, about basketball. Teams. We,
3: Any basketball team can use Harden. <laughs> yeah. We could
5: we he, he can be utilized here. And listen, you mentioned something about, about Bradley Beal, B.B., Washington's not giving him up. I mean, I know that's wishful thinking on your part to say something about yeah, uh, 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 mixing uh, Tobias and a couple other people. Yeah, I'm just kidding. And, I don't think that's I, I figured gonna... that, but no. And, and, and I think what Daryl Morey is doing, uh, along with, and maybe not so much uh, uh, Doc Rivers, but they're waiting. But they're, they, they're, they're going to wait out Houston because I think we're still going to get him. It might be. When's the, all, the, uh, the half-season All-Star break? Oh, by the way, are they are they still having? They're an not having break? an All-Star game this year. no. that's what I. Okay, so they they must gonna take a break in the middle of the season and 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 uh, yeah, get a rest will. or something and then keep going. Well, let's look by the time by the time they make their Western swing, we'll get a better view as to how they uh, how they can deal with in the playoffs because. If they get – the way they are now, the, the, the way the Sixers are fashioned now, we could make a deep run. If we get hardened, we need to not only go to the, play, go to the championship round, but we can actually handle whoever ends up there. Because I don't think even L.A., the way that L.A. is stopped, I don't think it's a lock that they're going to make it. Denver looks good. Um, we've still got some of them other teams coming up uh, out there out west. This is going to be interesting. And let's say so. And I want to say one thing before you let me roll. Brooklyn. Brooklyn is just getting themselves together. Brooklyn is going to be rough. The uh, Boston is going to be rough. Now, Milwaukee is going to be rough. Atlanta. Is going to be rough. Yeah, over I here. mean
3: Atlanta. That that's. I think Booker. I think Atlanta is not ready to make that step yet. They're 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 a nice young team. I think they're a playoff team. They're not going to going to be a championship.
5: Well, let's see what happens. Let's see what. But I want the Sixers to stay healthy. Uh-huh. Um, and I like the way that they doling out they're dealing with uh, Embiid's minutes because I don't want him playing uh, going too far in into. Uh, 38, 36, 37 minutes a game. Yeah, but that's basically all I wanted to all say, right. man. Well, and there uh, you go, Booker. Thank you very much. Thank no you. problem. And I'll talk to you guys later.
3: All right, there you go, Booker. Appreciate the call. Uh, so, um, yeah, I mean, Embiid played thirty-seven minutes in that game, and uh, yeah, I mean, a lot. That's the thing. The East is wide open. Like I don't put much stock into these early season results here. I mean, you you have. The Sixers are atop the conference, but then you have, like, the Magic and the Pacers and the Knicks. Apparently, Austin Rivers is doing well for the Knicks right now, so good for him. But I, I don't think that's going to keep up. But I'm interested to watch tonight. I, I think, you know, going to Brooklyn, taking on that team, this is a great test early in the year. And I, I get a tweet here from um, from somebody on Twitter who says, you got to be kidding. Giannis is more than capable of being number 1 option. Yeah, I, I know that. I, I didn't say he's not, but once you get to the playoffs— his shooting becomes an issue. Like, we've seen it happen with Ben Simmons. Um, And the difference is uh, Giannis doesn't have another number one to go to. Drew Holiday's a nice player, not a number one. The Sixers have Joel Embiid, and uh, that's the difference when you have a player like that in the postseason. And you look at the East, um, can the Sixers make a run as they're currently constituted with changes around the periphery. Like, you know Daryl Morey is going to make certain moves. He is going to do some things to solidify the roster. Or does it need to be Simmons for Harden? Um, that's kind of the, the, the dilemma, I guess, Sixers find themselves in, and it's what Daryl Morey, I'm sure, will be weighing over the next uh, few weeks here uh, before he ultimately needs a decision, needs to make a decision on the James Harden issue. Um, so I do want to get to this Jerry Jones sound in a second here. But first, um, Mike, do you want to... Let's let's preview the first of the six wildcard games this weekend. We're, we're going to do this each segment for the rest of the show here. Um, and the first game on Saturday. This is maybe the best game of the weekend. I would say... I would rank it the second most intriguing game of the weekend. Ooh, we got the music and everything. So uh, I would say this is the second most intriguing matchup this weekend I would behind agree. Ravens-Titans.
1: Yes, I would agree with that order, So
3: Yeah. So you look at Bills-Colts here, Mike, and, you know, uh, we talked briefly the other night, and I had said six and a half. That's a gift with the Bills. I've reevaluated. Maybe I was being a little too enthusiastic. Um, I'm still considering this one, but, but where do you fall on it right now? Well, what do you see as far as how these teams match up? So, uh, before yeah, my, we get to the predictions,
1: I think this is closer than the line thinks. Um, I still think the the Bills probably do like are the better team, but like I don't know. The Colts have a really solid roster. I, I know Rivers is thirty eight, but he's okay. Taylor's been running really, really well lately.
3: Very good defense.
1: Very good defense. Very solid, sound defense. I don't know. Like if Buffalo can, I guess the the Colts. If you're going to beat them, you can beat their corners. Buffalo could do that. I don't know if they can get to Allen, this could change the game, but I I just, I don't
3: know if they're six and a half points worse. Yeah, it's a tough one. I think if you're going to, you know, bet it with the spread, you got to go Bills minus six and a half, just the way they've been running through everybody lately. Like I wouldn't bet against them. Um, But, you know, I look at it. I think the Colts are going to play tough. Obviously we mentioned the Frank Reich revenge factor. You know, he wants to get his old squad. Um, wait. What's the revenge for? He had a, well, I, he had a wonderful career. Yeah, there. I don't know. I, I, there's <laughs> not really a revenge factor. Um, but it, it's it's going to be you know an interesting test here. Uh, with the 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 Colts offense against that Bills defense. Sean McDermott, um, obviously good defensive mind. I see the Bills winning this game. I would say a tight game. I'll go twenty-seven twenty-four Buffalo. Um, I think in the end, Josh Allen gets it done but I do gotta I do gotta say I can't get even with how great a season he had I still can't get like those horrible memories of that disastrous Josh Allen playoff game in Houston completely out of my mind
1: I mean what growth uh, in in the last calendar year for Josh Allen
3: yeah definitely and it's why if you're if the Eagles were going to move forward with Carson Wentz I would have probably looked to hire Brian Dayball if you were going to fire Doug it doesn't appear that's the way it's going to go down um, but that's probably what I would have done if you were going to go that way. But, um, you know, this the one thing that scares me about this is every year on Wild Card Weekend, you have that team that you think, oh, they're they're rolling into the playoffs. They're a lock to win. Last year it was New Orleans, and they, you know, had that big letdown loss to Minnesota. Do you see any potential of that here, Mike, where Buffalo's this team, red hot going in? Um, I don't think Indy's a great matchup for him. Any chance you think Phillip Rivers can pull it out and really – Get on Jolly's nerves. <laughs> yeah, I think there's a chance.
1: I just I think Indy's gonna have a lot of threes instead of sixes or sevens. So I don't know. And I don't know if you can beat Buffalo with how explosive they are for that. Like Buffalo, you know, they can you can beat them for a half, but then they always just they seem to explode on you. Like and they they did it in the Pittsburgh game. They did it uh, a couple of the other recent games where they. It's like a crooked inning. They just have these big quarters.
3: Yeah, the, the big inning, as Gabe would say. The, big inning. Gabe oh, yeah. Gabe the big beginning. That's Gabe probably loves watching them play. Gabe was a big, big inning guy.
1: Oh, Gabe probably loves the way McDermott's. Yeah. Well,
3: that was the whole the whole thing. That was his excuse when he pinched it for Kingery in like the first or second inning. Yeah, he wanted ago. a Grand Slam. Yeah, he was yeah. looking for the big inning. Didn't work out. But, uh, okay. No, actually, a, it did work out. It, okay, whatever. I forget. Uh, it's irrelevant. But So, what's your prediction, Mike? Bills Colts. Uh,
1: I'll go uh, Buffalo 30 Colts 15
3: okay okay so you, you you are you gonna play the bills then no nah. okay all right it's a weird I, I think I it want to weird for game. the Colts though okay then well there you go but it'll be a fun day of football I am hoping the Colts win just for the sake of I'm doing a cross with jolly that night oh Phil oh, Rivers great. goes on the Saturday. road and yeah. gets a big playoff win man I'm gonna have a fun night I'll be taking his five bucks on that and uh, I'll get the mock him about Phil Rivers so it'll be fun <laughs> uh So that's our Bills-Colts preview. We'll do Rams-Seahawks when we get back, and also then we'll get to this Jerry Jones sound, which uh, tone-deaf doesn't even begin to describe it. That's coming up next. I'm Tom Kelly, Sports Radio 94 WIP. Sports Radio 94 WIP. I'm Tom Kelly in for Big Daddy Graham on a Thursday morning. If you want to get in, 215-592-9494 is how you join the show. Some of the things we've been discussing so far tonight. Uh, We'll we'll, we'll get to some more of Howie Roseman's comments. Um, But Howie's kind of defense of his record the other day and he's – defense for why the Eagles did what they did last offseason. Basically, you know, pandemic forced them to go with older players instead of younger players. I'm not buying. Like, that, that doesn't pass for me. Um, and this is, I think, a make or break year for Howie. Like, I don't think he's going anywhere right now. I don't necessarily think he needs to. Um, the Eagles need to bring in people uh, to the front office, though, to help him. And so far that hasn't happened. Now, it's still very early. But... But will Jeffrey Lurie step up and bring somebody in to take over the lead role in the personnel player evaluation department? Um, Because it needs to happen. So we've been discussing that. Also, Sixers, um, as we reevaluate the James Harden thing, and we will do this over the next few weeks as, you know, it's the big story. And it's out there. And I believe if the Sixers want to do this, they can do this. The Sixers have an asset better than any asset that the Houston Rockets can get from anyone else and that's Ben Simmons. For now, um there's really not a need. This team is playing at a very high level. Um would you still do it at this moment? Like it, it, you know, would you do Ben Simmons for James Harden straight up right now? I'm waiting. I'm waiting to see how this plays out. And this is the the leverage the Sixers have. And if you remember a few weeks ago that leak comes comes out about Ben Simmons potentially being mentioned in trade rooms. There's no doubt in my mind that came from Houston. They know that they want to get this deal done and that the Sixers don't have to do it right now. Um, And do you think that to compete for a title this year, which is what it's all about, it's what this team needs to do, do you believe that the Philadelphia 76ers need to trade Ben Simmons for James Harden to be a championship contender this year or do you believe that Daryl Morey making uh, moves around the periphery making moves around and being Simmons and further surrounding them do you believe that the Philadelphia 76ers can compete doing those kind of things um, instead of making the blockbuster move of Simmons for Harden. Just some of the things we're discussing uh, tonight. 215-592-9494 if you want to get in. 215-592-9494. But um, a lot of talk over the last couple days about how disgraceful the Eagles were for what they did on Sunday night. And um, I would say that's not nearly as disgraceful as – what the Cowboys have been doing all season as we are in the middle of a global pandemic, obviously I'm not breaking any news to anyone. Um, but I heard this the other day and this was a a radio interview that Jerry Jones was on. I believe uh, the fan down in Dallas and, um, you couldn't be more tone deaf than Jerry Jones is. And this thing that he bragged about, um, have you heard this sound, Mike, you have not heard. All right. Um, well, you know the Cowboys had a very unsuccessful season, which has become the norm for them. Um, and they missed the playoffs. They choked at the end. Leslie's boy McCarthy, uh, you know, he really blew that final game against Danny Dimes and Joe Judge. If you can't out-coach Joe Judge um, in New York eh, for a game to win your to, um, win the division potentially, uh, you know, I, I don't know what to tell you. Uh, but McCarthy failed, and the Cowboys failed as they always do. But Jerry Jones was out this week crowing about uh, one thing that the Cowboys did accomplish this year. And it was unbelievably tone deaf. Here was Jerry Jones uh, the other day uh, bragging about what the Cowboys were able to accomplish. How, is that something that you would want to be bragging about? How does he know it was extremely safe? They they had like 25,000 people in their game. I know it's a big place. I've been to a game there before. Uh, it's a great place to watch a game. I would absolutely go back for an Eagles-Cowboys game. Uh, matter of fact, I do plan to at some point in my life. Um, but is that something that you would be bragging about, Mike? Is Yeah, in the middle of a pandemic, we set the record for the amount of people at a sporting event. That's what we did this year. That's what we have to be proud of this season. Uh, that's a win for him. That's a legitimate. It's a win. win. No, it is. We endangered public safety more than anybody else in the country, anybody else in the world. His job is to sell the Dallas Cowboys and to
1: sell tickets, and he did. You know,
3: what, what about, about looking saying? out for public health and safety? Like the Eagles, that's not his lane. I don't know what to tell you. You don't think there's any kind of personal responsibility, like Jeffrey Lurie? Shut down fans coming to the games. Oh no, when... no 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 no! Jeffrey Lurie didn't shut that down. The Philadelphia, right? But the Eagles had said they wouldn't do it anyway, even nah, if they were being allowed. It's nice to say once you're banned, just that uh, even though we're banned, we would have done it anyway. All right, so you're a Jaron Jones guy. You you don't care about public safety. You don't care about any of this stuff. You support Jerry actually, Jones I, and cramming people in the
1: state. I will, I will reserve the, the you know the possibility that there's like I don't know that safety thing. It could be like BS, but. I don't know. Like there is a lot, like improvements in contact tracing and stuff like that. That
3: I, I doubt he has. Lo- I Do doubt you think he's... he gives a damn about contract to ta- contract contact tracing? No, but I mean maybe if before he went on this call, somebody handed him a piece
1: of paper that said, "By the way, here's a talking point. We are whatever. It, nobody contracted the virus at this game or whatever." I, I don't know. Like I, I, it could be. I, I'm giving you the possibility that could be BS.
3: Okay. All right. Well, I th- I I think it's more than a
1: possibility. I think it's but, a uh, you know, probability. I would, I, th- I do think like in a pandemic, selling the most tickets is that is an accomplishment. Like not everyone could have pulled that off.
3: Uh, I mean, I, I guess I, I just I think it's. You know, I know, you know I part it's, of it's luck, part of the state
1: that he's in. Yeah,
3: I, I I just you know I don't think it's something I'd be out there bragging about. That's all I'm saying. Fair enough. I, I would of, agree with that. I, I don't think it's a great look, but agreed. Uh, so be it. Um. Um and uh, yeah, I just don't think it's a great look. Not much to not much to add to it. Without further ado, let's uh let's preview Ram Seahawks. Our second game. I like just picking it up where it left off <laughs> from the last one. So Ram Seahawks. This is second game. Um uh, of the Saturday slate. I would say it is the most boring game of the weekend. I have very little interest in this nah, game. The Bears game, of course. No, nah, I'm actually interested to see how MVP Mitch, as uh, as uh, Mike Lombardi calls him, plays against the Saints. And I would love to see the Saints um, choke again. I hate Sean Payton. What a what a clown that guy is.
2: Okay. Not a big Sean Payton fan. We'll get to that game, I guess. Oh yeah, we'll uh, get to
3: that later. <laughs> but anyway, uh, Rams Seahawks. So who's starting a quarterback? Mike, is Goff going to be back, or are they starting this Wofford fellow? I think it's going to be Wofford again. I, I don't like.
1: I mean, he, he can't be. Like Jared Goff was like really struggling before the injury to begin with. I mean, right. It may just be a reason to just be like, all right, let's just see if we go got, got something going with this guy.
3: As we mentioned before, a terrible year for the two top quarterbacks in twenty sixteen, Carson Wentz and Jared Goff. Uh Goff looked good early in the year, but he's really falling apart. And, and you can keep going the trip, uh, Dak Prescott. Oh yeah. But Dak Dak looks like he could be the best of the bunch, went healthy. Yes. Uh, at least. So what's this guy's name? Jim Wafford? John. John Wofford, okay. And you you were telling me the beginning of story during the but you know John Wofford? or you seen him or I something? I know John Lofford. I thought that's what you're saying. No, he, he, um, I, I've seen him before, uh,
1: because he played Temple. I, for Christmas one year, my girlfriend got me tickets to a Temple bowl game. Ugh. And no offense to your girlfriend, that's kind of a crappy gift. Ah,
3: it was a fun, it was a fun, okay. <laughs>
1: um, but Wake Forest played Temple. I thought you would remember this as a, as a Temple fan.
3: I do not. I'm was, not a big Temple football guy. I I'm a bigger basket. It was, basketball it was guy. right after Matt Rule quit on them. Oh, that was that, that was funny. Uh, Cuz I oh, a- a- Emily, you used to work here in our promotions team said Matt Rule would never quit and I said he's going to quit immediately and he quit the next day. So I've rubbed that in her face every time I kept. Okay. Um but yeah,
1: he came in they, they got up to this like 31-7 start and then he like hurt his hand and Temple came back but they they came up short. It was, okay. it was with PJ Walker. Like it was a memorable game, I think. All right. I guess you
3: don't. All right. So you look at Rams, Seahawks here, and let's get in the nuts and bolts here, Mike. Uh, the Seahawks have not been as good offensively lately. They're a tough team to trust. Their defense has kind of solidified itself. This has the classic feeling of a game where Seahawks let them hang around for a while. It's going to be lower scoring than you expect. Um, but in the end, Russell Wilson probably comes down and wins the Seahawks a game late. I, I'm I going to go, go 24-20 Hawks here. But I would not bet it either way. Honestly, I don't know if they get twenty-four on the
1: Rams. I, I'll go seventeen, ten. Their
3: offense has not played well at all recently. No, I mean, remember, like people thought Russell Wilson was MVP. Yeah, it was crazy. This happens to Russell Wilson like every year, where he looks like the MVP for like ten to twelve games, and then their He's offense just goes and, down yeah. the, goes down the tubes. But uh, yeah, I think in the end the Seahawks win. But I think it's going to be a boring game. It's the least the the game I'm least interested in. It's a divisional game. They're two pretty evenly matched teams when the quarterbacks are healthy.
1: Like,
2: I
3: guess I just don't think either teams are really that good. You know, uh, uh, that's kind of where I'm at with
1: it. I mean, but, yeah, neither one will probably win the Super Bowl. I'll agree that. Yeah.
3: All right. Well, that's our Rams Seahawks. Uh, we'll, we'll get to Bucks Washington football team coming up next. Um, and also, uh, I got to get to the controversy of Nate Sudfeld here, as uh, different Eagles players reporting different things on this we have brandon graham on the morning show saying one thing we have miles sanders on the midday show saying another thing jason kelsey releases a statement uh we'll dive into all that next uh that's coming up i'm tom kelly and for big daddy sports radio 94 wyp